Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Did you know that God is both powerful and personal? This is something that should be very important to all of us. Since God is powerful, He is able to help us. And since God is personal, He wants to help us. In Psalm 139, this made David realize that he was important to God. This was also a key element in David maintaining the joy of the Lord, as well as a desire to live for God. This is also very important for you as well, since God knows everything about you and He wants to help you too. Knowing this about God will change your life. Here's Pastor Jim in part one of his message, God Knows You. Life is filled with pressure, isn't it? Tons and tons of pressure. And right now, for many of us, the pressure seems to be all around us. It seems like there's no escaping it. It seems like it's just surrounded us. The author of Psalm 139 is King David. He lived about a thousand years before Jesus was born. And we get the sense in this psalm that he uh, is feeling or has felt the pressure of life. Yet he's also very confident in certain things. And that's because for King David and for a follower of Jesus, Jesus wasn't born yet, he, we'd call him a follower of Yahweh. The infinite God is what is the title of our series, our powerful and personal God. Now, why is that important that we know that? It's important because it is key in our lives to maintaining the joy of the Lord, as well as maintaining a desire for Christ-likeness in our own lives. You see, there's two things that in that title that we really want to think about. A great and powerful God can help you. He can. He's great. He's powerful. He can help you while a personal God wants to help you. I mean, we all know people who can help us and won't, correct? And we all know people who want to help us but can't. But God can and wants to help us. Why? Because you are very important to him. You are. Even if you're not a follower of Jesus, and if that's you today, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad you're watching online or, or listening as you're driving in your car or wherever, on the radio or wherever. But, but if you're not a follower of Jesus, when you understand this, your heart will be drawn to the Lord. Now you say, well, I understand that God loves me and I'm important to him, but I'm not drawn to the Lord. I would challenge you that you really don't understand it then. It, doesn't, it doesn't, hasn't really made a difference in your life. And that will change you. Not all at once, because the goal is to be with Jesus and to be like Jesus. That's a lot, isn't it? Being with Jesus is one thing. Being like Jesus is another thing. And if God did it all at once, then we wouldn't need him anymore and we'd probably leave him to the wayside. And this is family, right? Can I be perfectly honest? Some of us need a lot of work. <laughs> God's got his work cut out for him with, with, with us. And we call the process of becoming more like Jesus sanctification. 
If you are a follower of Jesus, the heartfelt knowledge and deep affections for the Lord will lead you to spiritual renewal. And that's what really what our goal is in this series in Psalm 139. Today, the title of our, our message is, that was the series title, the title of our message is, God Knows You. God Knows You. I, I want to say, God really knows you. While I was talking in the last service, it re- reminded me of a movie that I couldn't remember the name of it from long ago, the Jim Carrey movie. Uh, it's called The Mask. When he receives this award, he says, you love me, you really love me. I want to say God says, I know you. I really know you. So let me ask you, have you given that much thought? Have you given much thought to how much God really knows you? King David has, look at verse one. He says, oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. David was known before he was the king and he's known as the man after God's own heart. But he, want, he still wants spiritual renewal. He wants to go deeper in God. And look at the last two verses of the chapter, verses 23 and 24. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. I bet some of you can't wait till we get to that verse. <laughs> the other day I was thinking about something. And not an audible voice, but every every once in a while you get these things pop in your head and you're like, that's got to be from God. And I was worrying about something. And I was actually thinking about next week's sermon. And and God's like, what are you so worried about? I mean, I'm large and in charge. You're going to get up there and you're going to tell people that I'm powerful and personal and you're worrying? I'm like, yes. Verse 24, and see if there's any wicked way in me. I want you to sift my heart, God. And I want you to tell me about my own sin. And lead me in the way of everlasting. So the psalm begins, it says, for the chief musician, a psalm of David. That's actually part of the psalm. A lot of times you have those headings in the Bible. They're not the part of the psalm. But when it tells you who the author is and what the purpose is, that that is part of the psalm. So David is the man after God's own heart. He's also, he was a musician. He's also known as the sweet psalmist of Israel. And so he writes a song. It'd be like me, you know, writing a song and then handing it to Barry and go, here, play this. So he writes a song and he gives it to the worship leader and says, we're going to do this one. So it begins Psalm 139, verse one. Oh Lord, you have done everything I've ever asked you to do. Is that what, that's not what your version says? Is that what you wish your version said? You probably do, but you probably don't. Because there are a lot of things in your life if he gave you, You realize now, looking back, oh, I'm glad he didn't give that to me. And so, oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. David knows, David's telling us that God has the ability to probe deep into his heart and soul. This is what we call, here's one of those big words, God's omniscience. God's omniscience. Quite simply, it means that God has complete and knowledge of all things. He has complete knowledge of all things, including himself. It's really amazing that God gave us everything he wants us to know about him in one book that you can carry under your arm. 
I mean, if he gave us everything about him, we'd all need to come to church every week with a tractor trailer loaded with materials. I mean, there's not enough memory in the world to be able to, to tell us everything about God. But everything we need to know on this side of heaven about God is, is in this book. God not only knows everything and his perfect knowledge of all things, including himself, he has perfect knowledge of you too. I don't mean the singing group. I mean, he knows who they are, but he knows you too. And that's powerful. But it's also personal because let's be honest, don't we struggle to know ourselves? Did you ever look in the mirror and you're like, who are you, man? Like, what's your deal? Like, I, like what, what is going on? Now he knows everything about us. And that David realizes that for him to know it all makes him both powerful and personal. And that fills David with wonder. It fills him with adoration. He says to the Lord in verse one, search me. And then he says in the, in the last verse, you know, you know, and see if there's any wicked way in me. He says, show me my sin. We call that, if you're new to the faith, we call that the conviction of sin. But we have to be careful with our words. You might say to someone, you know, if you bring it, you're a guest here today and maybe you get in the car with someone and they go, so did you feel convicted? And they're like, what, did I commit a crime? What did I do? I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. No, that, that's meaning God convicts you of your sin. And, and the result of that is you are guilty. But why is that important that God does that? Well, you know, when the, a relationship, there's a problem in a relationship and one person has sinned and people don't really, are not really getting along. Husbands and wives, you know what that's about. And somebody says, well, I think we really need to talk this out before we can go any further. So we need to confess our sin and our guilt. Sometimes I'll read my Bible and the Lord's like, <clears throat> uh, last night with Pam Jim. And I'm like, okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Sorry, I'll talk to her about it. But also because God is a forgiving God, confession is a form of worship. That's why we confess our sin today before we began, because we want to be able to say, we want to be able to have a good relationship with God. We want to have the information from God or the heart of God to be able to come to us, that there's not something in between us as we seek to hear his voice. Now that word search, he, he, he says, you know, you've searched me, carries the idea of searching for precious metals. So when God searches your heart, he's looking for something that is precious to him. Now, a lot of you know that Pam and I moved a year and a half ago and our house was built in 1810. Now, some of you are like, oh my goodness, Pastor Jim, were you there when it was built? No, I wasn't there. But the reason we live in such an old house is Pam likes old things. That's why she loves me. I'm five years older than her. When we first met, I was 29. She was 24. I was older and wiser. Now I'm just older. <laughs> and the area where we, in which we live was back then, before people started going to the Poconos and the Catskills and, you know, the Alps, as some people call them. Uh, back then, the area in which we live in was, it was called a spa area. And people from, rich people from New York City came out 
to, you know, for there was springs and stuff like out there. And so they came out there and they were, they would vacation. And there would always, there was these guys that they, a lot of them would contact me um, to, to find old coins on my property. And the person we bought the house from said that, uh, that several people had found a lot of old stuff on the property. And one day these guys walk up my driveway and they, they had the little, you know, those things with people on the beach, look, they're looking for coins, stuff like that. They said, we'd like to search your property. And I said, oh, I understand guys have already done it. And they said, oh, there's always something to find. So then I'm up the, the deli up the street and the guy says, oh, you're the new guy who moved in at that house up there. I go, yeah, he goes, can I come over with my thing and look for coins on your property? And I said, I understand there's been lots of guys that have already done it. He goes, oh, there's always new stuff to find. In fact, if you want to buy something for Pam, she wants one of those things because she wants to go find those things. <laughs> but that's the way God is with your heart. There's always something precious for him to find. Oh, there's ugly things for him to find. But he wants to take the ugly things and turn them into the precious things. The Lord knows and has a special love for those who put their trust in him. So followers of Jesus should welcome his searching because it helps us grow deeper in him. Uh, sure, people, some people try and hide from God, but if you know God, you know this. You can run, but you cannot hide. If you're new to the Bible, or you don't know anything about this, or you don't believe me, look at the table of contents for the book of Jonah. And Jonah is a whole book about you can run, but you cannot hide. So when you get to heaven, you say, Jonah, you learned it the hard way. Thanks. So we didn't have to learn it such the hard way. Some of us may have to. In other words, God has always known you and he always will. But notice David says, you've known me. You knew me in the past, you know me in the present, and you, as we'll see, you know me in the future because you know all things. But David's knowledge of God's omniscience, that he knows everything, is not dry theology. For a lot of people, a lot of the theological things that we learn become dry theology. It, it's, it's not at all. Nor is, it, nor is it some mushy, well, Jesus loves me, which means that I can go out and live however I want and he doesn't really care. No, his knowledge of, of God's omniscience is practical and purposeful. We might call it this. It is applied theology. It's theological. He knows it in his head that God knows everything but it's also experiential. It's in his heart. It has, it has been a reality to him in his life. And that will help us to be faithful in pressure. Now, you may have that bad reaction that we all get sometimes, you know, like, blah, right? But then all of a sudden, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. God knows. He knows everything. It's going to be okay. Now, many people say, I don't like the conviction of sin. It makes me feel guilty. But it thrills David because he knows God will forgive him. And, when, and you, when you know that God 
will forgive you. It will draw your affection to God. I've said this to you so many times before, and I'm not tired of saying it. And I know I haven't said it enough until I'm tired of saying it. And after I'm tired of saying it, I got to tell you another 10 or 20 or 100 times until you're tired of me saying it. But loved ones, please remember this. The Holy Spirit's conviction of your sin is a perfect God's invitation and call to deep and honest intimacy with him. I want to say that again. I don't want you to miss it because I know a lot of us, we live in the age of church where we want everybody to think, you know, oh, we're so wonderful and we're so great. And deep down, we look in the mirror, we go, that ain't, that ain't the, that's not it. I know the preacher told me I'm so wonderful. I'm not so wonderful, God. I know it and you know it. The conviction of sin by the Spirit of God is a perfect God's invitation and call to a deep and honest intimacy with him. In other words, it is breaking the barrier. You confess your sin. The Bible tells us he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. If you're taking notes, you got to know that verse. In other words, the conviction of sin, confession to God and forgiveness of sins is one of the pathways to knowing the God who knows you, the God who cares for you, and the God who loves you. The Lord knows and the Lord sees. Sometimes we've been to a doctor and they've done all these tests and they just go, we just don't know what's wrong. But God knows what's wrong, whether it's physical or emotional or spiritual, he knows what's wrong. God knows your secret sorrows. He knows right now what's absolutely breaking your heart that maybe you've told no one else. He knows it and wants to talk with you about it. If you read your Bible in the morning and you don't have a box of tissues next to you, get one, get one. God knows your deepest regrets. Maybe you're getting older and you're thinking, man, I wish I had done things differently growing up. And God knows your deep regrets. God knows your failures. Times when you should have done something and you didn't do it or you thought this was going to work out and it didn't work out. He knows all about you and he still loves you. He still loves you. How does he love you? He loves you warts and all. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like the ugly troll that lives under the bridge. <laughs> and God came under that bridge and said, listen, you may feel like the ugly troll who lives under the bridge, but come on into the light because there are beautiful, precious things about you. And about you, 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 and about you. That I want to show you. Because you mean a lot to me. He says in verse 2, the first half, he says, You know my sitting down and my rising up. You know when I sit down and you know when I stand up. God knows what you are going to do this afternoon. You may have great plans. 
but you don't know what's going to happen. A woman after the first service said she was in a car accident and she should have been killed this week, but she just got a little bit of a sore neck. God knows what you're going to do each and every day this week. God knows last week, the week before, and this coming week, how many times you're going to hit the snooze button. But more importantly, he knows why you're going to hit the snooze button. You say, oh, well, I hit the snooze button because I didn't get a good night's sleep. Or I went to bed late. But the real reason is you hit the snooze button a lot of times because you don't want to get out of bed. You're like, I don't want this day, man. There's just so much pain and heartache and trouble and responsibility and so much stuff I got to do. And I know I don't stand a chance of getting a billion things done in this day. Can I just roll over God and can you make it all go away and I can wake up tomorrow? Second half of the verse, he says, you understand my thoughts, my thought afar off. Another version says, you understand my thoughts from far away. The Lord knows all of your thoughts. He knows what motivates you. He knows what demotivates you. He knows why you and I do what we do. And, and what David is doing here, he is writing for all you teachers. You know this. He's using a writing tactic called a merism. We might call it from A to Z. So he's, he's taking from one extreme to the other, and we make the assumption that it includes everything in between. So he says, you know, you know everything about me. Sometimes people will say something like, you know, uh, I've searched from high to low. What does that mean? I've looked everywhere. If you're from Brooklyn, you say, yeah, and the whole nine yards. It means everything is included. So David says, you know when I get up and you know when I go to bed and you know everything in between. In fact, God, you even know what's going on in my heart when I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm stressed. You know everything that's going on with my dreams. You know everything that's going on while I'm sleeping. Now, just a free advice for you husbands, no charge for this one. And I don't want to, I have to be politically correct. Back in the day, we used to call it a chick flick. I don't want to, I don't want to use that language anymore, but it's a chick flick, kind of. But there's a movie with Sandra Bullock called Why You're Sleeping, Right? It's not bad, guys, right? And your wife will think it's romantic and you'll get points, right? You'll, you'll make up for a lot of things. So anyway, no charge for that one. Somebody after the last service goes, you know, I'm going to go home and watch that movie. <laughs> David says, you know my private life. You know my public life. And sometimes they're not the same. My, he knows as Sting sang, and that, he's still around, that guy, you know every move I make. At the end of the verse, he says, you even know what thoughts I will have. You know me through and through. King David is really telling the Lord, even when I'm far away from you, you are close to me. And I have learned that you will never let me go. And, and verse three expands and four expands on verse two. He says, you comprehend my path. Another version says, you observe my travels. Now, does that necessarily mean you know where I go? Could be, but it also could be this. You ever have a bad day? All right, do you ever have a good day? 
When you're having a bad day and you're like, what an awful day. God's like, I know, I know, I know how it's going for you. He says, you comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Another version says, you're aware. Another version says, you're familiar with all my ways. He says, for there is not a word on my tongue. Or another version says, before there's a word on my tongue. But behold, O Lord, you know it all together. Now just think of that. Thoughts are words to God. What you think, you might as well have said. Now, one of the things I tell young married men is if you want to, people say, well, how did you, how did you live a, have a good, happy marriage? One, I always, one of the things I'll say is, here's one of the things you need to learn. Everything that comes into your head does not need to come out of your mouth. Got that? Like some guys go, well, I want to be my true self. I go, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Take what you've just heard from Pastor Jim Kevney on Changed by Love and share it with a friend or neighbor. Encouraging words are priceless in today's world. Pastor Jim relies on your prayer and support each day to reach thousands of people just like you. You can also find other ways to team with Changed by Love on our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you can call 862-217-9686. We are called by His name to change the world and we are stronger together than we could ever be apart. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Thank you for your support and the time you spend with Changed by Love.